0: The Unshackled Waves, episode 148.
1: Broadcasting from Melbourne, Australia, this is The Unshackled Waves with Tim Wills. Brought to you by the Unshackled.net.
0: Hello everyone. Great to have your company. It's budget week this week, and apparently we are flushed with cash again. The Turnbull government is predicting an early return to surplus in 2019-20 based on increased revenues. They are using the extra revenue to fund tax cuts, which what will be the final budget uh, before the election. They are also under pressure to increase the new start unemployment benefit, which currently sits at $40 a day. Another issue over the past month that has popped up is live animal exports after 60 minutes aired footage of sheep in cramped conditions on board a ship to the Middle East. The Turnbull government has ordered a review and are not taking hasty action unlike uh, what happened when the Gillard government suspended live animal exports. It was also the 200th birthday of Karl Marx which was uh, concerning because many prominent people still celebrated it and then it will At the beginning of this month, there was also May Day celebrations, the traditional communist uh, celebration day. To discuss it all, I am joined once again by the Unshackled's political editor, Michael Smythe. Michael, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Tim. Now, as I mentioned in my introduction, it's uh, budget week and uh, the Turnbull government and treasurer Scott Morrison, they're, they're looking to deliver uh, a Santa Claus budget. Uh, after all, they're uh, planning to give uh, tax cuts, which we're uh, told for people earning less than $87,000 uh, will be around five to $10 uh, a week. It's, called, it's been called the, the stunner meal deal uh, tax cut. Uh, They're they're prioritising low and middle income earners, obviously, to try and uh, neutralise labour, saying that they're only looking after the the high end of uh, uh, town. Now, uh, Turnbull government's been blessed because revenues have uh, increased, Uh, uh, Turnbull likes to tell us, through jobs and growth uh so it's allowed for uh, mm. tax cuts and more infrastructure spending so yeah that, that does seems like the the santa claus budget after all
1: mm. it seems that way until you look at the figures of what they're actually cutting the five to ten dollars a week tax cut as good as it is it's only a drop in the ocean compared to how much we actually have to spend well people who own less than eighty seven thousand dollars a year it will only have a slight impact. It won't decrease the mortgage stress or the rent stress that low to lower middle income owners experience with, um, and for those who have children, those who are sending them to schools, even the public ones. So credit where credit's due, when they have, they have with, they have delayed the, the tax cuts for people on more than eighty-seven thousand a year but as painful as it is for me to say this i don't think we should be cutting taxes at all at this stage simply because of the fact that our our budget can't handle it as for the the touted infrastructure spending that has come in that is going to be introduced tomorrow night most of it is on a farcical parody of the snowy mountain scheme uh, Ron Pike the uh, one of the um
0: We're veterans getting a lot of, of... nice spends down here in Victoria on trains and roads but that's because we've got a state election coming up
1: oh yeah of course and Dan Andrews has only done one good thing in the past four years so <laughs> and that was you know free TAFE to help people to upskill that's the only good thing he's ever done for Victoria uh the infrastructure spending as i was saying it was not it's not going to be sufficient there are no big ticket items apart from Snowy 2.0 as it's being touted and it's not even going to work that well because the well there's a, there's a lot more to it i'll have to find the information for you nick for the next show but Let's just say Snowy 2.0 is not what it's cracked up to be.
0: I certainly agree with you that, yeah, we, we can't afford these tax cuts. I mean, we're, we're flushed with, with cash now, but what about the, the next downturn? I mean, I would prioritise a return to surplus and uh, begin to pay down the, the debt, which is now over 600 billion. I just checked the uh, Australian debt clock uh, uh, before. Mm -hmm. so I would I'm definitely of the belief that you need to get the debt down first and once we get back into a decent surplus then we can begin to uh, cut uh, cut taxes and uh, do all that other stuff
1: Mm, that's right and as fond as I am of Howard for giving Australia a lot of stability both economically and socially to a point he did he and Costello his treasurer they did somewhat squander the economic boom that we enjoyed as a result of selling off our gold reserves and of course the mining boom they did squander some of that they could have built a lot more infrastructure but they didn't and that was a travesty that should not be repeated and it does seem that with Turnbull's 2.0 he is going to repeat the uh, vote policy virtue signaling for lack of a better word.
0: Oh It's not just Howard and Costello that did this during the the Bush administration They had their uh, policy of uh, deficits don't matter and of the, the debt increased and once you set that uh, Benchmark or that that policy then afterwards when a progressive government gets in, They always uh, turbocharged it hmm
1: well that's the thing, yeah. there were some reports that came out of Washington in, in the early 2000s that Bush actually wanted to cut the spending on the military but well then September 11 happened and it was deemed imprudent to cut the defence spending so not only did they not cut it they also increased it time of war war on terror etc and then the uh, excursions into afghanistan and iraq which afghanistan was necessary iraq was not and iraq was a massive mistake that bush 43 made but that's another conversation from another time uh it's not just nominally right-wing governments that have a habit of spending profligately i mean traditionally in australia labor governments have done a lot more to um uh, spend well beyond their means. And, you know, that's because you expect the Social Democrats in the Labour Party to be all about um spending money to make money, the Keynesian and neo-Keynesian uh approaches to the budget. But the, it's important to note as well, everyone does it. Both of the sides do the whole cooking the books and um, they're, they're both sides do the whole cooking the books and massaging the figures uh,
0: I have... So, because we're yeah we're being told the budget will return to surplus in 2019-20, but uh, we both recall uh, Kevin Rudd and Wayne Swan telling us that the budget will return to uh, surplus in 2012-13. Uh, Joe Hockey uh, said in opposition that they could bring the the budget to surplus in their in the, in their first year, and Treasury has a history of getting these things wrong. I mean, uh, projections uh, into the into the future based on uh, Uh, the the fiscal cycle they're they're always way out
1: hmm that's true and there are a lot of emergencies that they don't uh, not just emergencies a lot of emergencies and or contingencies that they don't make allowances for as well that's another thing Tim Uh, you've got Julie Bishop our foreign minister who is basically writing out checks every second day it feels like for stuff that it seems to be more for the benefit of people overseas rather than for people here Don't get me wrong. I've nothing I have no problems with foreign aid per se, but we've got to remember that charity begins at home You know, uh,
0: and there's so much waste on uh, Government programs like multicultural grants uh, art grants. I mean we fund some uh, woeful. for uh, uh... Arts projects and uh, councils. I mean, if you cut substantial amount of that, you'd save so much money.
1: That's true as well. Well, in the article I wrote uh, a couple of weeks ago for the Unshackled, um, talking about the part two of the the. um, Pardon me. It was the second. Of two articles that I wrote regarding the 30th consecutive news poll that Malcolm Turnbull had lost. And I wrote, as you recall, I wrote 10 suggestions. The first one, which is the most important one and would go a big way to helping sort out our economic strife, at least in terms of debit and credit and accounting would be to rein in all the spending especially the wasteful spending on welfare for non-citizens which costs more than 12 i wrote 12 billion dollars per year in the article it's actually 16 billion dollars a year why the reason why i wrote 12 billion dollars a year in the article is because 85 percent of of that 16 billion dollar figure was what was payments to non-citizens with from countries that do not have reciprocal social security agreements with the Commonwealth of Australia. So I rounded it down to just over $12 billion cause I worked out the figures and it's more than $12 billion. You get rid of that. Even if you get rid of that, that's a $12 billion saving that you could make and deficit was saying it's 16 billion it was expected to be 16 or 17 billion the year before. That goes a big way to fixing that. This year, I think actually no, I beg your pardon. I believe it was actually thirty-three billion at one that they were predicting as a deficit. I'd have to check that again. But if it's so uh, even if it's thirty-three billion, you take twelve billion that's own, that's just over twenty billion as opposed to more than thirty billion. So it, that would be a good saving to make. And that's just one thing. That doesn't even take into account all of the consultants that the Turnbull coalition government has employed on a contractual basis ostensibly results based remuneration but it's a lot of money for a little bit of work and a little bit of consulting which doesn't really serve the public interest I don't think.
0: Well, all will be revealed uh, tomorrow night. Now, an issue that we haven't commented on yet, but it's been in the news for the the past month, and that is uh, live animal exports uh, from Mm. Australia to uh the middle east and other uh developing nations this was after this came to light again after a 60 minutes episode which uh, aired footage of sheep going to uh the the middle east in cramped uh, conditions a lot of them uh, died from uh, exhaustion and uh, animals uh, suffering at tugs at the the heartstrings of uh, a lot of uh, people and uh, as Craig Emerson would say not just you know inner city greenie tree hugging bleeding hearts mm-hmm. it's, uh, so the uh, the coalition in response has uh, are going to conduct a, a review of the, the live animal export industry They They're saying they're going to wait for the outcome of this review before uh, Taking any action they they say they won't have a knee-jerk reaction like the the Gillard uh, government did when they put a blanket ban on live animal exports in response to uh, similar four corners uh, episode mm. but it seems to be that the the focus this time labor They've said they want to end live sheep exports, so they're just saying it's just the 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 sheep, and uh, Susan lay the the coalition uh, backbencher, well, pretty much because she's got nothing else to do and wants to get her name into the the news, has uh, got a private member's bill proposing to do the same. Well, Susan lay used to be in the outer ministry, I believe. No, she was cabinet minister. Uh, she was cabinet minister. Yeah, health minister.
1: Oh, that's right. She was too. I'd forgotten about that brief episode. And then she actually essentially got booted out by Turnbull. That's another story for another time.
0: Yeah, because she bought an investment property on an official uh, uh, political trip.
1: Oh, that was just the excuse. Turnbull had other reasons for getting rid of her. Um, I was actually going to mention the Four Corners segment that came out a few years ago, actually, in regards to live exports and which was the trigger for Gillard to, unilaterally you know, and instantly suspend live exports. Bob Catter was furious about, it and he had a, he absolutely tore the, I forget which labor minister it was at the time, tore him a new one
0: for uh, Joe Ludwig was the agriculture minister, I believe.
1: Hmm. Yeah, it was probably Ludwig that he tore a new one.
0: Mm. The son um, of Bill Ludwig, the union heavyweight.
1: Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm yes I know Bill Um, I have friends in the Labour Party as much as i might you. the point is trying to ban live exports even live sheep exports it's not going to stop the problem and this is where it gets difficult uh, because I was discussing this with a friend of mine today who actually doesn't really like live exports on the one hand our farmers and our economy we need the money on the other hand the conditions are just cruel and unusual and uh, you know me I'm, I'm not one of those people who go crazy about animal rights but at the same time i hate animal cruelty and i think that if we are exporting animals to be slaughtered either through um through halal mm. slaughter or any other um religious based slaughtering process or protocol we need to be mindful that we don't want to cram all of our sheep cattle and our animals into um unlivable conditions at least let them enjoy the last few months of their life before they get slaughtered
0: I don't trust these, yeah, Middle Eastern nations like Qatar or the the UAE, which, yeah, they practice halal uh, slaughter, which is mm. uh, in- inhumane. I mean, there, there's no way we can ever trust them to uh, to do the right thing. And yes, hi- hypothetically, uh, live animal exports uh, wouldn't happen, but it, but it's. Uh, the the argument always is is that these uh nations they don't have the the refrigeration facilities to if it was shipped over just like already slaughtered that uh but it, uh, it seems to be where bending over backwards to to accommodate their demands we're not we're not putting much on on them on them at all
1: that's true and it's crap to say they don't have refrigeration capacity i mean you look at the the gulf nations particularly they're amongst some of the richest nations in the world per capita i'm pretty sure they can afford a couple of refrigerators at the docks somehow i know that sounds facetious so forgive me but they can afford it we are certainly bending over backwards but that's the thing we're chasing the unholy dollar team i mean it's all about the money at the end of the day which is why which is why the liberal coalition government to their credit are not going to just knee-jerk react and say nope stop completely they're gonna wait and see which is well path of the course in politics
0: because what uh, David Littleproud the Agriculture Minister and uh, Matt Canavan the Resources Minister have said that if you in this you're going to ruin uh, farmers livelihoods and of course in a contest between humans and animals of course humans uh, Livelihoods are the are the priority here are much more important. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. and mm. of course we know that uh, our farmers well, they, they They struggle with a whole range of, of factors uh, drought uh, uh, Commodity and agricultural uh, prices so yeah uh, We we don't want to uh, Put them in a, another uh, difficult uh, uh, Situation it's it's a real balancing act
1: Mm, exactly. There is one way we could possibly make it more ethical, ethically pleasing, for lack of a better phrase, we could say that, okay, you want to import our stuff, the money to facilitate, I mean, we're giving you all this lovely fresh means, the least you can do is meet us in the middle, so to speak, and, you know, get, provide help us get bigger ships so the animals aren't so cramped for example you know i mean they want the meat slaughtered in a particular way especially in the gulf countries they won't be so they won't be slaughtered in the halal way which is basically you just hold the animal and you just slit it's throwing out like all the blood drain out um but the thing is they could meet us they've it's not like they haven't got the money to meet us in the middle they could easily, they could easily do that and you know I mean like I said I don't consider myself a champion of animal rights by any means but if they if we are providing to the market the market has to be receptive as well.
0: I I definitely agree that uh, we all agree that there should be some basic standard of uh, animal welfare I mean yes uh, Uh, obviously you know we're not as far as as the vegans and say you know don't don't kill animals uh, at all I mean I I certainly believe that yeah we need to you know consume meat to uh, to be healthy Uh, Mm. but yeah there is uh, there is a humane way to uh, slaughter animals and uh, definitely in Australia we have uh, mastered that in in our abattoirs but of course when we Mm. get into uh, this uh, uh, global uh, trade business, of course, other nations aren't going to be uh, the, the same as us, and so and, and hmm. it's not really. Yeah, uh, I, I agree with Craig Emerson. It's not about uh, being a bleeding heart. It, it's about making sure that other other nations we can try and get them to the same standard we are.
1: Hmm, that's right, and it's important that we do this. One of the this was a few years ago when the four corners segment was aired and there were there was actually a lot of blowback on the ground in the place where the um the guy admitted to mistreating the animals um actually crippled his village's economy but at the end of the day if we could you know reduce the amount you know we put a premium and this is I guess what's left of the libertarian in me talking saying you know let's have let's say there's less than we've got so they pay more for it the and that way you can also use that either as a way to discourage the on mass cruelty or you can use the proceeds from that if they don't care to build bigger more comfortable ships for the animals so they're not you know trapped in a, a barely breathable cage so you can do it that way as well
0: we'll go back to human welfare now or more specifically the the new start uh, allowance which is uh, the name for australia's Unemployment uh, benefit now there's uh, pressure from uh, unions and social services group to raise new start from it's currently sitting at uh, $40 a day to uh, $50 a day in the, the next budget the, the greens, of course, they want it to be $75 a, a, a day and uh, this uh, got, uh, Was amplified in the the news cycle because uh, liberal uh Uh, Julia Banks, uh, member for Chisholm, she, she was asked on ABC Radio could she live off $40 a day and she said she could and she's got about, I think, what, four or five properties, uh, her primary <laughs> one's worth uh, f- uh, quite quite a few uh, millions. So obviously she <laughs> didn't come out of that uh, uh, looking good. Now, it's often argued that this $40 a day figure, if you're on um, welfare on Centrelink, you're entitled to a whole range of other subsidies and supplements such as uh, rent uh, assistance and of course, no one ever starves on Start. I mean, it's always described, oh, how will people eat? Well, uh, I don't recall anyone saying that uh, I'm hungry on welfare.
1: The thing is as well, and Julia Banks looked really bad and really insensitive, if not outright stupid by making that comment. Sure, if, if you don't have to pay rent or a mortgage $40 a day is fine $40 a day is plenty the thing is though the new start allowance as it is at $40 a day you know how many days are there in a week there are some days in a week so it's $280 a week if you're paying uh, let's say $200 a week in rent wherever you are if you're paying $200 a week in rent that leaves you what $80 for the rest of the week so 80 divided by... seven 80 divided by 14? 16. So basically you've got... You've basically got... Uh, $10 a day that you live on after you've paid rent. And that doesn't even take into account electricity bills, phone bills, gas bills, if you have a gas stove or a gas hot water heater. It doesn't take that into account. And... You know i mean obviously the new start is not supposed to be a handout it's supposed to be a hand up but at the same time with everyone living on well not everyone but i remember reading figures at one stage saying that a third of the country was living under rent stress and out of mortgagees half of the mortgagees in australia were living under mortgage stress it's 40 dollars a day you have to basically and this is not even taking into account um yes, not even taking into account if you need medication. You need the actual fan assembly does have a uh, a medication allowance if it's necessary. But um they even have a telephone allowance. The point is, however, the rent assistance is only roughly 30% of the actual rent that you're paying in the fortnight so if you're paying if you're paying $400 a fortnight and you're sharing accommodation you're only going to get about oh when i was on it would have been $75 or thereabouts if you live on pardon me if you live on your own you get a little bit more you get about hundred and twenty dollars a fortnight for rent assistance. but if you're living on your own and you're still paying two hundred dollars a week that's less than another ten dollars a day for the whole fortnight for you to live on so it's it, it's hard and the rules with Senlink as well make it so that if you're living with a registered partner same-sex or heterosexual de facto you actually lose some of your payment because they expect that partner to be supporting you as well so you actually lose money being in a relationship being in a registered or de facto relationship compared to being a a single person living with another single person it's
0: just
1: it's just sorry it's just not good it's not it's not enough to expect um it's not it's not enough to expect with all the high demand for real estate and the high costs of rent and or mortgages it's not it's not enough to support it it's just not gonna work if, if rent and all mortgages weren't an issue that would be fine $40 would be fine but we are nowhere near that
0: uh, the The reason why awards argued that it's a low is to uh, discourage uh, people from being on welfare. That if you, uh, if you increase it, then there's not uh, that much. It's not it's not much more of an incentive to to find a paid work But it's interesting the the business council. They also uh, Have stated they support an increase in new start Uh, their argument is well if people are living on uh, $40 a day They've got to be able to get to all these job interviews and that so they need to be able to afford to 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 leave their homes
1: exactly until recently brisbane had the third most expensive public transport system in the world and to be to be fair, and in to credit to the Labor government and also to Brisbane City Council and the uh, the local governments in Southeast Queensland, we did actually have reduction in public transport costs for the for the for the um commuter. But those costs are still there, and that's yet another thing. And as I pointed out before, the phone bills, yeah, you know, whether you have a prepaid or whether you have a postpaid, it doesn't matter. You still have to pay those bills. And then if you have car as well, you've got to put fuel in the car. Petrol in Brisbane at the moment is somewhere between one forty and one fifty a litre.
0: Yeah, and that's just for ninety
1: one. Yeah, and and that's just for ninety one. It's on probably going to increase a lot more soon. Unfortunately, it probably won't be as high as a dollar ninety, but probably could be looking at a dollar sixty or maybe even a dollar seventy four. Regular, unlettered in the next few months, so you know, start saving.
0: Now, of course, the the federal government they uh, resist uh, increasing new start because they they still have this perception that it's uh, politically expedient to beat up on uh, dole bludgers. But but I'm not so sure. There's uh, these days there's a lot more sympathy for uh, people who uh, are struggling because there there's so many more people who feel that. Uh, they're struggling themselves and a lot of people do receive uh, some form of uh assistance uh, from the government and there's always i know that whenever we at the unshackled post an article on uh welfare it's uh, people always say well how how about the 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 politicians why don't you know they give up some of their uh benefits that was it was a similar reaction to when they introduced the drug testing uh trial for uh, welfare recipients a lot of people are saying well <laughs> drug test the politicians. Why should they get to? Uh, f- uh, uh, u- use drugs if they're telling the rest of us uh, not to so yeah, they it's it's not a, uh, a Black and white issue like it used to be
1: hmm, oh, it's definitely not it's Now the drug testing like in theory I support that but realistically speaking it's actually more expensive to implement the drug testing and not everyone's i mean most i mean a they can't afford it and b they're just not going to um they're not going to try it if they can't afford it i mean the the almost prohibitively expensive increases on tobacco have convinced a lot of people to stop smoking
0: I oh, don't that's forget. There's sense. a crackdown on chop shop in the budget. The uh, the, the butt squad. <laughs> I heard that, and I'm thinking to
1: myself, "Oh my goodness, that's a horrible name." Even though it's a joke name that you, or whoever wrote the article, put up, but it's <sighs> the thing is, you know, why is there always need to regulate everything? I'm not even a libertarian, but I look at everything the government's doing to crack down. Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, don't do that. It's like, come on, give us a break. You know, I mean, I rather cynically said to my better half today while we were driving to a to catch up with a couple of friends, Road Police and Command, more like a revenue command, am I right? That's what I said to her. She laughed, of course. But it's just
0: Often with it... these increases in regulation, you're right. They actually like cost more Uh, to implement that, what you could ever hope to uh, recoup. But it's the easiest way for government to uh, virtue signal, say, look, you know, we care about uh, this issue.
1: I'm helping. (laughs) It's basically what it is. But it's just, it, it is virtue signaling. It's not doing anything productive at the end of the day. It's just alienating the people who are doing the right thing.
0: Now there was a, a birthday uh, this uh, past week. It was uh, Karl Marx's uh, 200th birthday and
1: uh, uh, Yes, Cinco de Mayo
0: <laughs> And yeah, it was commemorated in I saw a lot of uh, the European uh, press and there was uh, a poll that uh, said 49% of uh, British people think his socialist ideas uh, had a uh, positive contribution on the world. I saw that the Socialist Alternative here in Melbourne had a special uh, birthday party, and it's like, wow, how how many uh, more uh, pe- people do your ideas uh, have to kill <laughs> yeah, be- before pe- people actually uh, see you for, for for what you've done? I mean, over 100 million dead in the the, the 20th century, terror, uh, famine, and yet this this guy is is still celebrated and you know despite that he said that he cared about you know the the working class he he never set uh, foot in a factory he was part of the 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 bourgeois
1: hmm and he let his children die and I quote as a sacrifice to bourgeois capitalism unquote because he refused to get a job he was supported by his friend who was a wealthy industrialist Frederick Ingalls and it's and you think you look at it and you think you are a, you, you are such a horrid being. I hope you are, but I know you are burning in hell. I don't hope you're burning in hell. I know you're burning in hell. The thing with Marx is that everywhere you look at where people invoke Marxist ideas, people say, oh, but it's not real communism. It's not real Marxism. Marxism never been tried bull crap. pardon my language. Um, <clears throat> that's nonsense. It has been tried communism socialism they are all the logical conclusions of marxist philosophy even the cultural marxism the problem with cultural marxism why it's still a logical conclusion of marxism is in the results what you have is an undermining and overwhelming and overthrowing of our society all of our traditions all of our values to impose a new order, a new dictatorship, as it were. Under Lenin, it was the dictatorship of the proletariat in which the revolution was always ongoing. There's never going to be a perfect communist utopia because the revolution is always going. There's always going to be more traitors to purge. There was always going to be more death and destruction, more yet another enemy to overcome. Funny enough, the neoconservatives think like that as well, but that's another story. In regards to the the cultural Marxism of the Frankfurt School they want to have a dictatorship of intelligentsia although as my uncle and I globally refer to them as pseudo-intellectuals because they're not really um, they're not really intelligent and it's also at the fault of uh, conservatives as well that we haven't actually fought back we've been anemic in our in our defense of our values and our traditions. And the fact that 49%, 49%, that's a massive number. That's almost half of Britons think that his socialist ideas have made positive contribution. That is a testament to the success of the Frankfurt School and its acolytes undermining of our values and our traditions are our social virtues, really. Our civil... The undermining of our civilization. What we're finding is that we have a lot more uh, disenfranchisement, both real and perceived by people, which is why people are embracing extremism on both sides. People are becoming either more progressive or more conservative. They're becoming either more globalist or more nationalistic. Uh, Left and right are are and are no longer a really valid way of determining where someone sits politically because in some some people would call me left other people would call me right and you you'd have the same i mean being libertarian you'd have some hardline conservatives calling you a lefty whereas no, not so much some... anymore <laughs> yeah so you're growing out of it <laughs> sorry bad joke but seriously though the thing is um the pendulum is swinging back and it's starting to swing back at an accelerated pace so instead of the globalism that dark forces and elites want us to endure or suffer depending on your point of view the pendulum swing back the other way towards nationalism and in some cases traditionalism but the extremism that comes with nationalism is ironically a part of identity politics which comes from again the frankfurt school so the frankfurt school wished to sow discord in western societies making it more vulnerable to a marxist takeover whilst not realizing that the elites have now hijacked marxism and now marxism is a essentially to all the rich to undermine the people whom they claim to help
0: in France they had a a big uh, May Day uh, celebration or uh, a riot uh, uh, more like it uh, while Emmanuel Macron was uh, in Australia and it was also the 50th uh, anniversary of their uh, infamous uh, 1968 uh, riots, which nearly brought the, uh, the the government down. So yeah, um, socialists and uh, <laughs> d- destruction. They they pretty much showed who they were on May Day.
1: Mm, that's true. They seem to they seem to like doing this a lot on the May Day holidays. Because in Australia, we don't celebrate May Day on May the first. We celebrate Labor Day on usually the first Monday of the month of May. Personally, I'd be in favour of returning it to. Literal May Day, literal 1st of May, but that's because I'm a traditionalist at heart. The thing is, Tim, they do this every year. They have their riots, you know, they have more grievances to yell about, but it's not going to achieve anything. And it's actually going to undermine the good work that trade unions can do when they're not being thuggish in terms of making unreasonable demands from the government
0: well oh, the the berlin wall came down in uh, 1989 the uh, f- uh just uh, a week before uh i was born and uh, certainly uh people growing up in my generation never experienced the the horrors of uh, communism or never saw it on display in, in in other countries and there seems to be this uh f- the further away you get from something bad the 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 more that you uh forget what uh, what it was like and the, uh, of course people just see like young people see uh north korea is or, or that's just a uh dicta- a dictatorship uh but yeah but uh, and because we have gotten so wealthy over the, the past uh, 30 years there seems to also be this attitude well what do we do now i know we need to uh, uh, s- uh spread the wealth i mean if we we just do it right this time they, they don't know the the consequences so they just think that society will be uh, as is that's it's, it's I, I, like they think for example that confiscating gina Reinhart's wealth would have absolutely no ramifications for the national economy
1: even if i were to support that which i obviously don't Because, you know, I don't believe in theft. I'm not a socialist. I would say even if I did support it, the problem with taking away all of Reinhardt's wealth is the fact that she uses her wealth to expand her business interests, which ultimately will lead to the creation of more jobs. More jobs mean more income taxes being paid into the government. Not to mention the mineral, the, the, uh, the... taxation on revenue that you'd get as well you know all taxation on profit rather depending on which government is in power at the time so it'd be a bad idea to do that and the most important thing tim is that and you know this as well as i do is that pardon me the most important thing tim is that you can't change human nature there are always going to be some of us who are going to be more selfish than others you can't reduce us to automatons where individuals we're human beings we're made in the image of God we have free will we are going to some of us are going to do good things some of us are going to do bad things we're not going to be cogs in a machine we cannot by our very human nature be just cogs in a machine it doesn't work uh,
0: well we hope that uh, Marx's ideas they, they don't gain uh, any more uh, traction They seem to currently do, but uh, thanks for joining me again uh, tonight, uh, Michael, and uh, apologies to you and the rest of our viewers and listeners for the technical uh, difficulties that we had uh, throughout the show. It it seemed like you were slurring your words, but no, it was just the the connection wasn't good tonight. Mm. Thank you, Tim. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. There is another big event coming up in Melbourne soon, which I'd like to encourage all of you who are in the area to attend. That is the No Snowflakes Pub Night featuring Avi Yemeni and Sydney Watson. It is on Friday the 1st of June at 7pm and will be held in the South Yarra area. Tickets are free and can be booked via event flight. Our friends at Liberty Works, their next upcoming event is a Jew, Muslim, and Christian walk into a bar featuring Avi Yemeni, Imam Tawidi, and Kiralee Smith with Professor James Allen as the Devil's Advocate. That is on Thursday, the 17th of May at 7pm at the Mount Gravitz Bowls Club in Brisbane. Uh, Sydney and Melbourne events will be announced shortly. So tickets can be bought at libertyworks.org.au. Also, don't forget, if you want to take The Unshackled even further and score some awesome rewards in the process, please consider becoming a uh, patron at patreon.com theunshackled The Unshackled. Also, don't forget, we have our online store, Upright Market, where you can purchase Unshackled merchandise and other gear for right-thinking people. So thanks once again for your company, and we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks for tuning in to the Unshackled Waves. Please visit theunshackledwaves.net for all the ways to subscribe and follow the show. Don't forget to pick up your free ebook at theunshackledbattlefield.net, and keep checking out theunshackled.net for all the latest news and comments.